Here's what I like about a good to-do list. Crossing things off, making moves, convincing myself that completing every task is somehow a major life victory. And I'm gonna give myself some credit. Some of the things on my daily to-do list are pretty damn important. But what if there's more to life than conquering our daily to-do list? I'm Lauren Simmons and welcome to another episode of Mind Body Wealth. We are living in peak hustle culture. Work hard, play hard. If something isn't a challenge, it isn't worth doing. Sure, I live that way. I feel like that attitude has brought me my success, but I can also tell you it comes with a price. We've all heard of a little thing called burnout, right? Well, that's what I wanna talk to you about today. There's a real need for rest and not just rest and relaxation, but rest and reflection. Take the time to check in with yourself to make sure your hard work is going towards something you want, not just what other people want from you. What if instead of a to-do list, we begin each day with a personal priority list? For a lot of us, coming up with a personal priority list might be pretty eye-opening. And for those of us conditioned to believe that our work is our worth, our needs might not even make the list of our most important priorities. But. I'm here to tell you that putting yourself first on your priorities list is not just an option, but a necessity. And here to help me shout the message of personal priorities and ways to avoid burnout is today's guest, Chantal Rochelle. She's the ultimate multi-hyphenate content creator, digital storyteller, as well as the brand marketing manager for HBO Max. I'm so excited to have you here, Chantal. Thank you so much for your time today. Of course, I'm happy to be here. I'm a huge fan of your work and uh, everything you're doing. So happy to chat with you. And likewise, I mean, oh my goodness, like you were making boss moves at such a young age. Everyone that comes on this show is successful and unique in their own way. And I told you, I'm so excited to dive into this conversation, but also really explore burnout, which I think throughout this pandemic, we have seen this conversation come up more frequently and openly and more acceptable. There are so many books and lectures that are out there when it comes to burnout and just keep moving forward. One of my favorites is Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes, If anyone has never read that book, you should. It has changed my life. How do you identify which projects you want to pursue and which ones are just too much to put on your plate? First, that's a great question. And second of all, I love that book. Shonda Rhimes is a boss who I admire. My fellow Capricorn sis, uh, one thing about it is I think the hardest thing is honoring and acknowledging the fact that something is wrong. Um, For me, I think burnout comes whenever my body is like kind of tugging at me and I'm ignoring it, right? And so how do you identify what you take on? It's honestly when you have to unfortunately come to that crossroads of, okay, this is not okay for me. And for me, it's when my body will have to be like, hey, sis, you can't do this today. And so I used to have a really hard time with time management. So I would not block off my calendars during lunch. I would take that call at 12. I would put myself last on my own priority list. I was never on even the top five of my own list, right? And so the way I choose what I prioritize, I said, how is this conducive to my well-being? 
And also, is this something that can be, can it be a Slack? Can it be an email? Does this something that has to be bigger than what it perceives to be by the other person, right? Because your urgency is not my emergency. So I have to delegate what does it look like for me and my well-being, or is this something that is more beneficial to you? And so whether it's a project, whether it's a person, whether it's a relationship, right? Even in your own family, you have to discern what does that boundary look like for me? Because I think like, when you are the person in your family who's making the moves and you're making the things happen, you can. I know for me, I'm the I'm the therapist. They're like, hey, can, can we dump on you today? And I feel like burnout is looked at just in projects when work, but that can come with just existing, right? Being a friend, being the friend who's like, okay, you're the strong friend, but also I'm human too. And so it's me identifying, Chantal, where are you in any of this, the priority? And if I'm not, I'm like, okay, we have to take a step back because it's not conducive to your well-being. And if you don't stay ahead of it, your body will remind you time and time again. Oh my goodness, I have so many questions from what you just said, but can we actually dig a little deeper into the time management? I mean, how does one, which I love, and I think that that is like foundational as far as like part of your ecosystem to help you continue to run, but time management is hard when you know, you want to do a lot of things, you want to be helpful to your friends, you want to be helpful to your family. And how do you just say essentially yes to you? Like, how do you determine how to do that? And how do you do that in a way that, you know, doesn't offend other people? Unfortunately, you're just going to have to know that you're not going to please everyone. You're going to hurt some feelings and you have to know that your well-being and your literal sanity depends on it. You know, the people who are angry that you execute boundaries are the ones who benefited from them the most. And so if you are placing them down and the people who, you know, they benefited from it get upset, that's you. First of all, that's a red flag. And that's your, okay, note it, right? But also I look at what does it look like for me to dissect this and say, okay, if I give all to everyone else, if I'm if I'm literally having eight meetings back to back, if I'm in the middle of pausing, calling, you know, taking a call for my parents, if I'm calling my sisters, it's like, there is nothing left for me. And so in that time where, you know, it's called revenge, um, after what's called the revenge, uh, texting or revenge after work, where you kind of like, you compress everything after work and you're like kind of catch up on everything, I'll be exhausted. Have you ever woke up exhausted where you're like, Sis, you just slept six to seven hours, but you're still, you're still tired. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a nighttime revenge where you're like kind of reading everything. I'll be scrolling social media. And it's like nine o'clock and it's like, I'll be packing all of the things I want to do early in the day into these few hours. But in return, my body is like, this is my time. This is my time for you to point to me and you still aren't. And so it catches up to you. And so with time management, it literally became a situation where I was like, okay, you can either choose to give everything else, you know, the platform it deserves or give yourself it. And you, you're unfortunately just going to make, you know, some people upset in the process. And I think even with like having time management, I think even then you still need more. I'm a person, for people who don't know, I meditate every single morning for two and a half hours. So I wake up four o'clock in the morning and I know a big difference mentally, physically, spiritually in my mindset. Even if you have a self-care practice, sometimes you have to do more. And I'm going to be honest, like I scheduled like a sound bathing session tomorrow because I was like, I just need it. Like I need to like realign my body and what's been working for me has been good and it's a good routine, but you always have to take an additional step forward. So 
if you are a person that is good with time management and you need additional, it's okay. Like really listen to your body. Um, Which brings me to my next point. There are five stages to burnout. The honeymoon stage, the balancing act, the chronic symptoms, the crisis stage, and enmeshment. Most people can easily pinpoint when they are in the chronic symptom stage because of the physical illness symptoms that will happen with your body, which Chantel, it sounds like you were talking about. Yeah. I feel like most people have experienced the chronic symptom stage. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. I mean, going back to your point, first of all, sound baths are, (laughs) listen, when I tell you one thing about it, I'm going to have a sound bath. And to your point with burnout, I want to also note, you can love what you do and still have burnout. You can be a creative and everything and just love your job. It doesn't have to be because you know you're not comfortable in your situation, but also loving what you do can still create burnout. And so for me, my uh, chronic wake up call, if you will, was back in uh, 2018. I was on sets, doing productions, you know, living the life in New York at the time of that hustler mentality. I'm from the South, right? And so that whole hustler go-getter, we had cars, okay? We went from A to Z. And so that whole mentality of getting out there and doing it was new to me. You know, both my parents are from Brooklyn, but like that mentality, you don't know until you're there. And so I was trying to keep up with, you know, optics, right? My peers are doing this, having imposter syndrome. And so I was always doing more than I need to do. Forget eight meetings a day. I was like, oh, okay, I just had eight meetings, but let me also go to set after this. Let me also go to happy hour because I want to please this friend who I haven't seen in two weeks. Let me also make sure I call my mom for a FaceTime in an hour because I haven't talked to her. And so again, everything else was before me. I had not been to the doctor in two years. I was completely, and as a woman, what? Especially as a black woman and having, you know, history in my family of, you know, of diseases and things of that nature in my bloodline, I was neglecting myself. And so I, I it's so parallel to I, how, who I am now because I'm one who will be first in line for IV drip. I, try, I will get myself aligned today. But back then, no, I was nowhere on my priority list. And so there was a, a morning where, I was a little nauseous and I was fatigued and my hands started going numb. I ignored it. My mom started noticing that I was like twitching my eye and I was kind of like not kind of talking properly. And I was like, whatever. Took Popped an Advil, ran to the train. And while I was walking to the train, my actual left side of my face started to go numb as well. I ended up passing out on the train from extreme exhaustion and dehydration. I was rushed to the hospital Come to find out I was not getting oxygen to my brain and my brain and my hand were kind of fighting for who gets priority, right? And so my hand was going numb, my my head was. Even as these symptoms are going on, I remember talking to the EMT and being like, will I still be able to make it to work? Yep, I was going to say that work, yep. And I, and, I, and I didn't think, I thought about the emails, I thought about my team. Still, as I'm literally laying there fighting to like breathe, Work was a priority. And so I remember the EMT looking at me and saying, not today. And so it was not even, okay, you're literally trying to, you know, make it to the next hour. It was, how am I going to explain this to my job? And for that moment, when you are literally... hooked up to tubes and you are in a hospital bed and doctors are telling you, you have to make a lifestyle change. You can no longer eat the food you're eating. Cause I would go to the bodega. Hey, let me get this quick, you know, chopped cheese. Let me rush to the, you know, my next set. And I was not prioritizing any bit of my well-being. 
And so I remember the doctor being like, sis, I don't know what, what's your job? I was telling him I was creative and I was on set. I'm shooting, writing. And he was like, you're going to have to slow down. <laughs> to me, I'm like, what? <laughs> and so what does, what does that even mean? What does that look like, right? And so foreign word, what is that? Explain that. <laughs> right? I'm in my mid-20s and I'm having this doctor tell me, yo, you have to take all these medications. We don't see these in people who are, you know, unless they're in their 50s and 60s. And so I'm like, what? My body was operating like a 50-year-old because I had neglected it. And being in my mid-20s and hearing that was the wake-up call. Because if you don't take care of your body, your body will not take care of you. And so my body was telling me for weeks, right? Numb hands, head, head, you know, losing, you know, kind of senses, but I was ignoring it. And so unfortunately, it had to come to where the doctor was like, if you did not come in today, I don't know if you would have been able to make it to tomorrow. Wow. There was almost not a tomorrow. So when there's not almost a tomorrow to be had, that was what my biggest wake-up call was. And it had no other choice but to change my eating, but to change my time management, right? Because if I didn't, I would not be here to tell the tale. And so having that huge wake-up call changed the way I discern situations, shifted my job, shifted, you know, my responsibilities. It wasn't until then that it was a huge wake-up call to also my family and my friends, like, I can't give you my all. And so once that happened, it was also an excuse to be like, listen, <laughs> I can't do anything for you today because I almost just like, I was out of here. So it was an opportunity for me to also do some internal, you know, discovery of, okay, Chantal, what is important to you? And is this job? Are these people more important than your actual existence on this earth? I have never shared this publicly, but my last three months of college I actually went deaf in one year. Wow. I woke up one day, didn't even realize, but like my mom was like, I'm like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And this was going on for about two weeks. And she was like, I think you can't hear in one of your ears. And I'm like, you're just talking low. Everyone around me is talking low. She's like, that doesn't make any sense. The long and short, go to the doctors. And they're like, you lost your hearing. This was me at 20 thinking, I lost my hearing in my left ear. Like, what does that even mean? And at the time, I just started a year or two my meditation journey and this like holistic spiritual lifestyle. And they were saying, you know, you'll have to probably get a hearing aid. You'll have to go to speech therapy, do this, do that. And I took some time to reflect, did deep days of meditation. It was just time to just decompress and not be so stressed about life. I know everybody always has a plan and they want to have a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And if you're a person who's type A and a hustler and just keeps going, 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 these two things are great. But I have come to a point that life is going to happen exactly the way that it's meant to. But nonetheless, on top of meditating, they did this Two days before, they scheduled me for this uh, experimental treatment where I was going to have to get a steroid shot in my eardrum. And they were like, it's going to be very painful. We have seen results with it. And, you know, this could potentially help getting your hearing back. And by the way, I don't have hearing loss in my family. So this literally came out of nowhere. Go in for the day of my appointment. And I just kind of was at a point where I was like, <sighs> I'm just going to, whatever happens, happens. Go in for the appointment. They did another um, like audio hearing test on me. And they're like, your hearing is fully back. Oh. 
how insane is that? Your hearing is fully back. And I just took that as like a sign from the universe, like relax, breathe. It is going to be just fine. Please. I also think it's important, like self-care. Like I also had to redefine what that looked like for me, right? Like self-care, I can do all the sound baths, prayer, meditation, IV drips I want. Yeah. But also... Doing nothing is also self-care. It is. I have days where I schedule nothing. I do nothing. I get in my couch. I snuggle up with my blanket and I just binge watch TV. And that is not answering. And also saying no to phone calls, right? I think like having those days where you completely recalibrate and recharge are also vital to your self-care journey as well. Following up a little bit more on the burnout. One of the ways that I believe people get burnout is that they're not honest with their team, their executives, their company, that there is too much. How do you articulate that? Well, that that is also a continuous journey that I am on. That is a great question. I think also like I'm a Capricorn and so we're known as being overachievers and like having to like have every That's my mom. She's a Capricorn, by the way. Yes, okay. <laughs> we have to have everything together and we don't want to admit to our faults, but like it took like things falling by the wayside, i.e. me being hospitalized and running an entire team for me to be like, I had to create this ecosystem where even in my absence, things are okay. And so I think you have to get your ego out of the scenario, right? You have to take a backseat and saying, this has to continue without me because this is not the all being of who I am. And so a lot of the root came with me separating my identity from my job, separating my identity from what I did for a living, and having to say, this is not who you are, you're going to have to pass the reins, right? And so getting my ego out of the way, that was number one. But also today, and today's the way I navigate it is, I'm realistic on like what bandwidth looks like for me, because if it's a, a huge ass, like I have this um, thing at work where I'll be like, okay, I will look at, we have to look at a quarter in advance, right? And so I'll look at, okay, what is feasible? And knowing how I operate and knowing like logistics, don't ask me to do an Excel spreadsheet, okay? That, that's not my ministry. So when it comes to like knowing, being honest here, these are the things that you are able to give your all to. And these are things you're just going to have to delegate to other people in your team. And so I think that when you are realistic with yourself from the beginning, you don't have to come to a situation where you're overwhelmed because it's like, okay, I'm going to flag this in real time. You have to teach people how to treat you especially when it comes to the workplace, right? So if it's like blocking off your calendar, they know. So I have to be honest with myself of saying, you can't do all of this today. You are not going to be able to do this in three weeks. Be honest. It's okay. I love that. I mean, to your point, I'm still trying to figure that out because I feel like, I think it's just dependent on each group and each team. Like I feel like some teams, I could be very open and say, this is what's going on. Other teams, especially if they're a new partnership and you don't want to disappoint and like not meet these deadlines and expectations, you find yourself being a little bit more flexible than you probably intend to be. But it's kind of the same way of like showing up in a relationship if you start out with doing things in the beginning and don't continue it down the line. Yeah, then people are going to be, you know. So I, I tell people, don't be a representative of yourself. Like, Bring your full self to the table so then people can understand. But as you continue to grow, like, and life happens and things come into your life, like, you should at any point be able to articulate and say, like, "Mm, this is getting a little overwhelming and I'm going to need support and help from other people to to make this happen. And, um, And kind of just make sure that you're communicating that the best way you can. But I don't think it's an easy thing to navigate. 
you don't have to have the answers today, but I think, you know, starting to open that conversation and, and putting you first. I mean, if there's one thing that we've gotten out of today, it's really putting yourself first and identifying who you are and what feels right to you and really listening to your body. And if you can do that, then that is going to be the North Star to guide you into all and every aspect. Absolutely. And I think about like those who don't even know it's an option to put themselves first, right? I think of single mothers. I think about, you know, people who have other people they have to take care of, caregivers. It's like, I can't put myself first. And so I think that when you have the philosophy of that, right, you don't even think that's an option. Yeah. But knowing that in order for you to give your best self as a caretaker, as a mother, as whatever your role is, making sure that you are prioritizing the fact that, hey, have you eaten today? Have you nourished yourself? Have you done the basic human needs that you need to be your best self? I think that also knowing you're worthy of being um, a priority as well. It's one of my favorite affirmations, uh, you are worthy. And it's filling in the blank after that. You're worthy of putting yourself first. You're worthy of reading, I mean, whatever. It's one of my when I'm like um, on my runs or, you know, walking for miles and miles, it, it's something that I constantly put on repeat. So use those affirmations. They're good. And and they're like your cape and they give you pumped and, and yeah. excited for whatever you're trying to do. Okay. Can you tell me about your last vacation you went on and why you chose it? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, my last vacation was this summer. I went to Portugal and Spain. It was a duo trip. I was with my sister, uh, well, my older sister, I'm the youngest of four girls. And one of my sisters has been to over 30 countries. And oh my goodness. I, she had a close friend who was getting married. And she was like, Do you want to be my plus? Before she even finished that sentence, I was like, I'm there. I didn't know, I didn't know where we were going. I wasn't signing me up. I had just been, we been in the house for a year and a half. So I went to Lisbon um, in Cascais, Portugal for a wedding that was in a castle. And this is the first time I was international at this point, two years. And for me, being confined in my apartment for a year and a half and then having the complete opposite of it, being able to explore the world, I saw things completely differently. I just remember feeling like, seeing me and my sister being one of the only two Black girls there and having, the again, the joy and freedom to travel and made me think about, wow, look at the life I'm being able to live. And I was thinking about my grandmother and my mother and the things that they wish they could have done when they were our age. But that trip was really, it was very healing because I was in a lot of, you know, highs and lows during the pandemic. And so being able to be in a culture and being able to travel with my sister, it was so beautiful from the food to the experiences of just talking to the locals. I love that. I travel all the time, although I have not traveled. I mean, I've done a lot of local traveling and like just doing different things and trying to unlock like different versions of Lauren. So while it wasn't a vacation, um, I recently just went to my first peyote ceremony. And anyone that knows me, like I, I don't do drugs. I don't do really anything, maybe like tequila shots. But like I, I'm like very intentional about what I put in my body. And for me, if for, so, for people that don't know what it is, it's a traditional uh, Mexican ceremony. And anyways, we were out in the middle of the desert. It was freezing cold. Everyone was in traditional clothes, singing traditional songs, traditional dances. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I had, and it was right here in California, right? So like you can travel, which I 100% people like 
If you want to spend money, put your money into experiences and traveling because having that world culture is just so eye-opening and it changes your whole perspective. But there are things that you can do right in your backyard. Like you don't have to travel international if you can't afford it. It was $50 for me to go to the ceremony. I was there all night and it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I had. And it was 50 of us like coming together, especially right after while we're kind of still in this pandemic. And to be in that headspace of like warmth and love and being part of a different tradition, like it brought tears to my eyes. And those types of ceremonies are supposed to be spiritual, supposed to have emotion. But I didn't think that I was going to unlock so many different layers of me. So it was a really beautiful experience. Going into cultures where you're immersed in like, like I did a cacao ceremony in uh, Mexico last year and it was the most, like it was actually like the locals are like, no, we're doing none of that touristy stuff. It was actually the the beauty of like the essence of like how they take care of the traditional clothing and like the, the way they use the medicine. So that's beautiful. I feel like this was a lot of food for the soul. This was a great conversation. I am so happy that you came on. I'm so happy that we got to have these different conversations, traveling, boundaries, burnout, which is so important. So thank you so much for your time today. I'm so grateful. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. I did. I felt like we were two Black girls just kicking, having fun. Thank you, Lauren, for everything you're doing in the space and platform that you are operating in. I see you and just appreciate you sharing space with me today. Girl, I see you too. So we'll we'll connect. We'll do other things. Did you know you could be burnt out and not even realize it? Like Chantal and like me, you could be running on empty until your body breaks down and starts sending those major warning signs. But you shouldn't have to wait for a medical emergency to tell you you're feeling burnt out. Remember the EMT who answered Chantal's question of will I still make it to work with the not today? My goal is to make sure you never reach that not today moment. Here's what I'm doing to prevent burnout. Daily meditation, spending time in nature, therapy, journaling, and ending every day with the list of things I'm grateful for. Some of these may work for you, or you might need to consult your personal priorities list for something unique to you. Either way, recognizing your worth as a person is crucial to preventing burnout. It's not about finding a new way to continue kicking ass at your job or giving yourself just enough self-care to continue burning the candle at both ends. It's about recognizing that you are more important than the hustle. You will keep thriving and things will keep moving forward even if you take the time to rest, reflect, and reprioritize, especially if you do, I promise. Join me, Lauren Simmons, on our next episode of Mind Body Wealth dropping next week. Be sure to follow Mind Body Wealth only on Spotify. Until next time, Mind Body Wealth with Lauren Simmons is a Spotify original production from Best Case Studios. It's executive produced by Lauren Simmons and produced by Ayana Angel. From Spotify, executive producers are Gina Delvac and Jifa Yador. Producer is Tierra Darnell. Executive producer for Best Case is Adam Pincus. Our associate producers, Ali Gallo, Aaron Allen, and Stephanie Geary are the editorial directors. Our editor is Galen Mullins. And our assistant editor is Alana Myers. 
Thanks to Marmoset and Five Alarm for this music. And special thanks to Kevin Pham, Lauren Chin, Colin Frederick, Hannah Lebowitz Lockhart at Best Case, Evan Tarantino, Free Bird, Amanda Long, Jordan Tochinski at Spotify for production support, and Ashley Acevedo and Arabella Roberts at Artist First. 